0: The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He's slow to anger, aren't you glad He is? The Bible says He is of great mercy. And the Lord is good to all, not just some. Not just some, but He's good to all. And His tender mercies are over all of His works. Now you are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. And you are the handiwork of God. And God knew in His infinite wisdom that His handiwork was going to need a lot of mercy. And so thank God that His mercy is over all of His works. God's nature, God's character, His makeup, His disposition, His temperament, His constitution. His personality and his bent and his lean is merciful. He is not condemning, nor is he judgmental. He is not wrathful, critical, or cruel. He is not intolerant, nor is he mean, nor is he punishing. Mercy is getting what you don't deserve. Say that with me. Mercy... Is getting what I don't deserve. Now in 2nd Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3, it says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort. Now I want you to notice specifically that the word mercies there is plural. He's got mercies for anything that you may face. He has got mercies for what you may be going through today. His mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. Thank God that His mercy is tender. The word mercy means loving kindness, graciousness. It also means tenderness, affection. When one is merciful, one forgives, one forbears. When one is merciful, they are filled with compassion. I love the Hebrew word for mercy. It means extraordinary, uncommon goodness. Amen. Amen. Have you ever been guilty of something but then forgiven? I can remember driving to church one morning and I was very guilty of not wearing my seatbelt. And some young lady that was working for the highway patrol stopped me and chastised me and made me promise that I would wear my seatbelt from henceforth. She re- I received a warning, but not a ticket. That is the mercy of God. Have you ever been deserving of something, and then pardoned? Have you ever been convicted of the worst, but then released? The Bible talks about mercy 270 times, 276 times, and grace 170 times. I believe that the favor that you and I have, the favor that we enjoy, the favor of God that encircles us, the favor of God that goes before us, the favor of God that is sufficient for anything that we may face, I believe that the favor of God and the grace of God is a direct result of the mercy of God. Amen. Now, mercy is often ignored. It's taken for granted. It's overlooked. It's discounted. It's unnoticed. And it's not paid attention to until we need it. The Bible says that he is plenteous in mercy. I love the book of Ephesians. Did you know that he's rich in mercy? My heavenly father and your heavenly father is just flat rich. Not only does he have gold, not only does he have silver, not only does he have a gate that is one pearl... And we can get happy about the fact that our God is wealthy and our God is El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough, not El Chippo, the God that is less than the least. Amen. But there's one area that I want to rejoice about in today, that he is not filthy rich, but he is clean rich in mercy. He's rich in mercy. Peter says he's abundant in mercy. James says that he has tender mercy. During the Civil War, a Union soldier was arrested as a deserter. And he was sent to jail awaiting to be put to death. But he made his appeal in a letter to President Lincoln. And President Lincoln showed him mercy and pardoned him and released him. And when he went back to battle after a a period of time, he fought faithfully because he was pardoned. And he was grateful. But he died on the battlefield, and as they searched his belongings, after he had passed away, they found in his coat pocket next to his breast a letter signed by President Lincoln saying that he had been pardoned. You see, that soldier held it close to his heart, and he never forgot it. Many of you here today are trophies of God's mercy. And I just dropped by this morning to encourage you to hold mercy close to your heart and never forget it. The mercy of the Lord is in this place today. His mercy is abundance. It's eternal. It's boundless. It's enduring and it is sure. So I want to give you some mercy thoughts today. I want to preach not a long message, but I want to preach a powerful message on the mercy of God. From the book of Lamentations in chapter 3 and in verse 22. The Bible says it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because His compassions fail not, they are new every morning. The first thought I want to share with you is this, is that mercy woke you up this morning. It wasn't the sun. It wasn't the dog. It wasn't the alarm clock. It wasn't a snoring mate, the smell of bacon or the smell of coffee or a noisy truck. It was the mercy of God that woke you up. His mercy is new every day and every morning. It wasn't your strength. It wasn't your good looks. It wasn't your skill. It wasn't your ability. It wasn't your education or lack of education. It had nothing to do with it. It was the mercy of Almighty God. Psalms says it like this. In Psalms 119 verse 64. He says, The earth, O Lord, is full of your mercy. And he says, Teach me thy statutes." The second thought I want to give you today is this. Mercy allowed you to take a deep breath today and inhale and exhale. It was mercy that enabled you to open your eyes, to taste with your mouth, to smell with your nose, to hear with your ears. Mercy allowed you to have the coordination To be able to put one foot in front of the other without tripping or without falling. Mercy allowed you to feed yourself, bathe yourself, clothe yourself, walk, talk, drive, run, jump, and bend. It was the mercy of Almighty God. It was the mercy of Almighty God. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. I don't know whether you've been to Disneyland or whether you've had your children down there. Perhaps you were a child and you wrote on the Autotopia. When our boys were young, John and James, we took them to Autotopia. And Autotopia is where they have rails in the middle to keep the car from crashing. You see, the kids used to think they were driving the car, but really, it was the rails. That kept them getting off track. And you know, that's the way the mercy of God is. You may be here this morning and think you're driving your life. You may think it's your wits that enabled you to make a good decision. You may be thinking something about, well, it's just me that's causing all these evasions of these bad things happening to me. No, it was the Lord who put boundaries of mercy around you that has kept you from crashing. It's like the little boy trying to impress mom. I can remember when I was a little boy trying to impress my whole family. We lived at 4920 Bryant Avenue, South Minneapolis, Minnesota. My phone number was... I forgot it. But we lived on a big hill. And, and we lived on a hill that went down there on the street. And so I was riding my bike and was going to show everybody how I could do it. And I fell and I crashed. But you know what? The mercy of God will help you and keep you from crashing. It's like the little boy trying to impress mom because he's a big boy and he's carrying something that's really heavy. But when he doesn't understand or know that daddy is behind him and he's actually carrying the load and that's the way it is with the mercy of God. You think you're carrying it. You think you're solving it. No, it's because your daddy has got his hand upon you when the mercy of God is upon your life. And the grace of God is upon your life. It makes you much better than you really are. Right. Amen. Hallelujah. No His grace and His mercy enables us yeah. to breathe, to live. Right. The scripture says in Him we live and move and have our being. Yeah. The next thought about mercy is this. It was His mercy that preserved you. Amen. It was His mercy that protected you. It was His mercy that checked you. From Psalms 23 and verse 6, I want you to notice this verse with me. He said it, surely goodness and mercy. They're going to follow me all the days of my life. And I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord. How long? We're going to dwell in His house forever. It was His mercy that kept you from losing your mind. When you went through the most difficult point in your life. How about the days when some of you were stone cold drunk. And you don't know how you were going to drive that car without killing somebody. But somehow, some way, you ended up in your own bed the next morning. Or how about being protected from a fatal accident. How about all the flights that you've taken. It wasn't the airplane that held you up. It's the mercy of God. He's upholding all things by the mighty word of his power. I can look back to 1968 when I should have been dead in a car accident. Went through a building at about 75 to 80 miles an hour and walked away from that accident without a scratch. I can think of the time when I was a little boy and I was drowning and my aunt pulled me out of a drop-off. It was the mercy of God. As you look back at your life, you know God's been good to you. I said, you know, you know God's been good to you. You know that nobody can't do you like the Lord. You know that the Lord's been good to you. You know that He put groceries in your cupboard. You know that He put gasoline in your car. You know He saved your babies. You know He healed your body. You know He caused you to triumph over death, hell, and the grave. You know God's been good to you. And I just want to shout about it for a while. Woo, glory to God. For the Lord is good, and His mercy endureth. Glory to God. His mercy endureth forever. Forever, O Lord, Your Word is settled in heaven. Forever, O Lord, You are merciful unto me. Forever, O God, will I trust You. Forever, O Lord, will I serve You. Forever, O Lord, will I put my life into your keeping hand. Forever, O God, you are good. Say it with me. For the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. He's prepared a table before you right in the midst of your enemies. He's prepared a table before you. Glory to God. Right in the wilderness. Just like he brought the children of Egypt out on dry land over the Red Sea, he's brought you out. He's brought you out of great darkness and brought you into great light. Glory to God. But he didn't just bring you out, my brothers and sisters. He brought you out to bring you in. I say by the word of the Lord that the best for your life is yet to come. I prophesy that the best for this church is yet to come. I prophesy for your finances, the best is yet to come. I prophesy for your physical body, the best is yet to come. Because His mercy brought you this far. His mercy will carry you all the way in His loving arms. Look at your neighbor and say, the best. The best is yet to come. Hallelujah. Think what he's already brought you out of. He's brought you out of so much. Oh, but nothing can be compared to what he's brought you into. And nothing can be compared to what he's about to bring you into. Come on, let's raise our hands and thank him. Father, we thank you for a bright future. We thank you that our future is bright. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Hallelujah. The next thought I want to share with you is mercy allowed you to approach Jesus after you had sinned and after you had failed. When you fell, when you messed up, it was his mercy that allowed you to come to him. In Hebrews 4, verse 16, he says, let us therefore come boldly unto what? The throne of grace. Now, one thing that the Apostle Paul found out in his trial and his tribulation, when Satan was after him, trying to stop the word that was coming out of his heart for the churches and really for the body of Christ, one thing that the Apostle Paul found out is that his grace was sufficient. He went before the throne of grace and he said, Lord, help me with this. I beseech you, Lord, may this messenger of Satan, this thorn of the flesh, be removed from me. And the Lord's answer was this. My grace is sufficient for you, Paul. And the Apostle Paul said this. Most gladly will I glory in my infirmities, that the power of Jesus Christ might rest upon my life. You see, Paul knew where to go in the midst of his misery. He went To the throne of grace. So that he could receive mercy. How many of you know that God's got mercy for your misery? God's got some mercy for your test. God's got some mercy for your trial. The apostle Paul received victory. Because he drew upon the grace of God. And he drew upon the mercy of God. One thing I know for sure about the mercy of God. That it must be sought after. You must seek the mercy of God. It's kind of like blind Bartimaeus. He was sitting by the roadside. He was blind for many years. And Jesus was walking by. And as soon as he heard that Jesus was walking by, blind Bartimaeus began to call out for the mercy of God. He said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And the disciples didn't like it. Maybe they were on their way to lunch and they didn't want anybody bothering the master. I don't know. But they tried to push Bartimaeus aside. But Bartimaeus wouldn't take no for an answer. And that's how you've got to be with the grace of God and the mercy of God. The Bible says that Bartimaeus cried out all the more, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. You know what happened? The master stood still. And when he stood still, he asked him, what is it that you want? Lord, that I might receive thy sight. And Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. Go your way. But the miracle that Bartimaeus got was a result of him crying out. I encourage some of you here this morning to cry out for your mercy. You're in the pit of despair. Some of you, it's your sin that has caused you to go down and down and down. But I'm encouraging you today to look up Hallelujah. and cry out to Jesus. Because His mercy will lift you out of the pit. Yeah. Others of you may be going through some serious sickness and disease. I encouraging you today to cry out for His healing mercy today. Amen. And the Spirit of God will move upon your life. And will touch your life and lift you up and lift you out. Say it with me. His mercy mercy is enduring forever forever. in my life. life. The next thought I want to share with you is this. Is that mercy allowed you to be saved and to exchange hell for heaven. Woo, glory. Aren't you glad you ain't going to burn? Why? Because you turn to him. You exchange hell for heaven. Titus says it like this. He says, it's not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but it's according to his abundant mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Mercy allowed you to be saved. It wasn't your looks. It wasn't your cleverness. It wasn't your education. It was the mercy of God. The mercy of God. I can remember being in a treatment center for months. And a person gave me a track and told me about Jesus. I grew up in a religious denomination. But you know what? I wasn't saved. I wasn't born again. How many of you know you can belong to a church and not be born again? I mean, you can be sitting in a, in a garage, but that doesn't make you a Mercedes-Benz. You can be sitting in a local church and not be born again. I went to church faithfully as a kid. Till I, you know, reached the age where, you know, I, I just knew that, uh, you know, there wasn't nothing, nothing there for me. I had to go get something else. But there came a day where Jesus knocked on the door of my heart. And I knew very well that without him, I was on my way to hell. But Jesus came into my life and saved me and lifted me out of darkness and put me into his kingdom. Lifted me out of a treatment center and put me into the ministry. Listen, God is good. God is faithful. And the point here is this. His mercy will allow you to be saved to exchange hell for heaven. And that's not only in the area of your spiritual life. But how many of you know there's a lot of Christians experiencing a lot of hell on earth? Going through hellish things. Going through hellish tests. Going through hellish financial setbacks. His mercy is there for you. His mercy is there to lift you up. Somebody says, well, I just lost my job. You know what our attitude needs to be where employment is concerned? If you lost your job, God's got a better one for you. I said, God's got a better one for you. Yeah, but back a few years ago when the financial crunch hit, Pastor, I lost my house. Your attitude should be, well, God's got a better house for me. Hallelujah! I'm telling you, we serve a God that's good. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He is the way maker. And His mercy can see you through those hellish situations. I can remember when my young son James was going through hell on earth. And he was putting mom and dad through hell on earth. Now, nobody in the congregation would know it unless you were close to us and were praying with us about it. But I'm telling you, it was difficult in those days, in those years, when you had a son that was rebelling, when you had a son that opened up the door to all sorts of torment in his life. Yeah. It was tough. Yeah. It was difficult. Yeah. But God. Right. Amen. Right. Glory. Never factor God out of the equation. Amen. That's right. Never factor the anointing out of the equation. Amen. Everyone say, but God, three times. Right. But God. But God, what did God do? God showed up for us in the midst of hellish situations and brought heaven's presence and brought heaven's goodness and delivered our son, James Thomas. And he's not dead today from suicide. He's not dead today from a sin filled with life. He is alive serving God because of the mercy and because of the grace of almighty God. And I share that with some of you today because I know you've got sons. I know you've got daughters that are going through hell. Some of it is because of an open door that they have opened. Others just because it's an attack of the enemy. That is an assignment against your life as well. That is an assignment to diminish the joy of the Lord that belongs to you as a Christian. Amen. And I'm saying by the Word of God today that there is mercy in that hellish situation and that we call upon heaven's resources to flood your life and to fill your home and cause your loved ones to come to Jesus. Cause your loved ones to come into the family of God. Somebody say amen. amen. And here's one that will cause you to shout. The next thought is this. Mercy Gives us second chances, or another chance. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Woo, man! Amen. Hallelujah. In Micah seven and verse eighteen, and I want you to see this and notice this verse. Micah chapter seven and verse eighteen says, "Who is a God like unto Thee, that pardons iniquity?" And passes by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. He does not retain his anger forever. Aren't you glad? Now notice this. Why? Read it with me. Because he delights. He's he's happy to do it. How many of you have ever been to a, a department store where the people were just happy to serve you? I, I'm bringing back these shoes. They they didn't fit me quite well. And I'm bringing up, well, just happy to help you. We'll exchange them with a smile on their face. That's good service. Delighted to do it. When you go out to eat and someone waits on you. And they're delighted to wait on you. Isn't that a wonderful blessing? Delighted to. On the other hand, have you ever been to a department store? Where they are around texting and on the phone and... <laughs> You kind of looked like you were disturbing their day. Well, they weren't too delighted to wait on you, were they? And you'll think twice about going back there. But I'm telling you, God's got a smile on your face when it's concerned with you. He loves you. He delights in helping you. He's there for you. The Bible says that he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Do we always sense God? Do we always feel God? Well, let me ask you this. Do you always feel married? But you is, and you are, and you're glad you are. You don't always sense the presence of God or sense that He's there. That's why you can go to the Word, and you can know that He's there because He said He's there. The Lord is present in our lives. So mercy... It gives you a second chance. Think about the prodigal son. Did the prodigal son blow it? He He went out and spent all of his inheritance on riotous living. But something happened to the prodigal son. In the midst of that hell, he came to himself. he He had some heaven's thoughts in the midst of his hellish situation. That was the mercy of God. And he says, You know what? He says, I'm going to go home to my father's house. And he says, I just want to be like one of his hired servants. And so when he went to his father's house, his father saw him a long way off. And his father didn't turn away in shame. His father ran toward him with arms like this. And the prodigal said, I'm not any more worthy to be called your son. Just make me one of your hired servants. The Father didn't even pay attention to that. How many of you know that your Heavenly Father doesn't pay attention to your past values and to your past sins? Once it's under the blood, it's under the blood of Jesus. Stop bringing it up. Stop rehearsing the past. Stop living in yesterday. Live today. His Father paid no attention to it. He says, hey, go get those shoes. And put those shoes on His feet. Because once a slave was set free in those days... What they would do is they would take his shoes off of him and they would set him free. So he said, put those shoes on his feet. And by the way, get that ring and put it on his finger. Then he said, take that robe out of my closet, the best robe, and put it on his back. You know what kind of robe that is? That's a robe of righteousness that Jesus has for you. You see, the prodigal knew where his answer was. And he went home. And he obtained mercy. What about Peter? Peter denied Jesus three times. How many times? Not once, not twice, but three. In most people's book, three strikes and you're out. But not in his book. Because you see, on the day of Pentecost, Peter was turned from Peter the denier to Peter the prophesier. And Jesus restored Him. He's the God of the second chance. How many golfers do we have in the house? I used to golf quite a bit. Not many. So let me illustrate this for you. I'll go on the platform. In golf, we used to golf about every Monday morning at seven o'clock. I used to golf with two people, Pastor George and Pastor Ralph. Pastor George was a lot more merciful than Pastor Ralph. (laughs) Pastor Ralph liked to play by the book. And Pastor George was a little bit more merciful. So I'd get up to the tee, It would be 7 o'clock in the morning. And I had full intentions, and I'm a lefty, of hitting that ball about 250 to 300 yards. But some mornings I'd have too much coffee. And, you know, trying to hold a driver in your hands with too much coffee... So I'd take the club back and swing and go about three yards the other way. Reverend George, Pastor George at that time, would look at me and say, take a mulligan. Take a mulligan. Ralph would look at him like, what? Take a mulligan. And so I'd take a mulligan. A mulligan basically means you get a second shot for free and the first one doesn't count. Well, how many of you know that God's got mulligan after mulligan after mulligan after mulligan for you? Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. You say, now, son, now, daughter, I'm not pleased with that, but keep swinging until you get it right. Don't get down on yourself. Pick yourself up. Dust yourself off. Hit it again. Yeah. In baseball, for those of you that are baseball fans, there was a pitcher, I think in the 70s or 80s, his name was Tommy John. Tommy John had some sort of an injury that affected his elbow and his arm. And so they did a surgery on him, and it was an amazing surgery. He came back for season after season after season and had successful pitching outings. And I believe today that he's in the Hall of Fame. And they coined after his surgery the Tommy John surgery. One of the Oakland A's pitchers this year has had to have the Tommy John surgery. What the Tommy John surgery does, it gives them another shot. It gives them another chance. Now, how many of you know what a selfie is? You know what a selfie is? Brendan and I are going to take a little road trip down the coast tomorrow morning, be back Thursday, just going to enjoy one another, hold hands, go to the ocean, eat some good food, hallelujah, get a facial, get a massage. You know what I'm talking about. We're going to take a little time off. And you know sometimes when you 're out of town and, and you see something beautiful and you 'd like to take a picture of it with you in it and there's no one around, you do what they call a selfie. Brenda was out riding around in, in, in Monterey a couple few months ago on her bicycle, and she liked the area she couldn 't find anybody to take a picture, but she did a selfie. And so a selfie is where you smile real big.) And, and, you, and you take a picture of yourself, right? Now, how many of you have ever taken a selfie of yourself and it didn't turn out right? How many of you have ever been in a picture where, you know, you had a photographer and it just didn't turn out right? It didn't turn out right? Well, the thing about selfie is you can keep doing it again and again and again and again till you get it Right? And then once you get it right, you send it out on Instagram. And you show it to all your friends. And all your friends say, wow, you look amazing. <laughs> but you know how many it took. You know how many it took to get to the good one. Well, I'm telling you, my God is not only the God of the first picture, the second picture, the third picture, the fourth chance, the fifth chance, but another chance. And he'll never give up on you. And I say by the word of the Lord today to some of you today, don't give up on yourself. Quit being so hard on yourself. Repent. Get it right. But don't live in the past. Your God is for you. And He's not changed His mind about you. And though sin may hinder you and even temporarily stop you, if you'll get your heart right with God, God will restore to you the years that the enemy has stolen from you. Last but not least, and that is this, mercy... Will not forget you. Mercy will not negate you. Mercy will not disqualify you. Mercy will not disqualify you from the blessings that God has in store for you. You think about Job. Did Job face some hell? Did Job face some misery? Job faced some difficult times. And right in the midst of his difficulty, Job's comforters came along. Dear God, you see Job's comforters coming along, run. Because Job's comforters will never lift you with the intention of restoring you. But Job's comforters will condemn you and make you feel bad. But notice with me in James 5, verse 11. It says, Behold, we count them happy which endure... You've heard of the patience of Job, and you've seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful, and He's of what? He's of tender mercy. In other words, Job got a breakthrough. And even though he had opened the door to the enemy... And even though Job's comforters were trying to keep him down, Job did something very spiritual in the midst of his hellish situation. He invited heaven to go to work on his behalf and on the behalf of his friends. Notice with me in closing to Job chapter 42. Hallelujah. 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 The Bible says, and the Lord... Turned the captivity of Job. When what? When he cursed his friends. When he worked his friends over. Now what did Job do? He prayed for his friends. Do you always feel like praying for your friends when they're coming against you? No. You feel like taking them out of town, tying them up, and praying for them all night. Now, the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. And the Lord gave Job, how much? He gave Job twice as much as he had before. In other words, Job received double for his trouble. It would have been awesome if Job had been restored once over. But the mercy of God caused Job to receive double. Everyone shout double. double. Shout double again. Double. We preached on double a few years ago. How many of you remember double? Amen. Yeah. Double, double, double. Amen? Amen. We're prophesying double. Amen. Amen? Our brother here on the front row said you've been promoted how many times? Four times. Four times. That's more than double. Amen? <laughs> He testified to me in the, in the foyer last, last week. And he says, remember the sermon double? He says, I got blessed four times. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. And verse 12 says, so the Lord blessed the latter end of Job. You put your name in there. Amen. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Mark. Amen. The Lord blessed the latter end of Tony. The Lord blessed the latter end of the papes. Woo, glory. I felt something on that one. The Lord blessed the latter end of Chris. The Lord will bless the latter end of Jimmy and his family. Now notice, more than his beginning. That's mercy. For he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 she-asses. He also had seven sons and three daughters. And after this, everyone say after this. Listen, when you put a demand on the mercy of God, there will always be an after this. God has a glorious end intended for you. My word for you today is hang in there. Mercy is on its way. Mercy is on its way. He had seven sons and three daughters. He lived 140 years after that, saw his sons and his sons' sons, even four generations. That's a rich man. So Job died being bitter and looking with great regret at the past. No, Job died being old and full of days. God's got some good days ahead for you. God's got some wonderful things in store for you. And today I just want to pray for you today. If you're experiencing a difficult time physically, if you're experiencing a difficult time emotionally, maybe your family is going through a hellish situation, we want to lock our shields of faith together with you this morning, and we want to believe God with you. Maybe you're looking to the Lord for a new direction. You're not exactly sure which way you should be going in some things. Let us pray with you, and let us agree with you. And let God touch your life. All I'm saying is this. Let's invite heaven in. Let's invite God in. And let's let God be true and every man a liar. Amen? Amen? If you'd stand up to your feet right now.